We'll turn to Genesis 19. Um, we've been in this chapter a while. <laughs> I feel like we can't get out of it. Um, but there's, there's a lot that we can learn from it. And so... Who remembers where we last, last left off? Did anybody? What was going on? Not everybody at once. A lot of his daughters were leaving Sodom. Practically being dragged out by two men. Yeah. Yeah. Remember they... they uh, they were fleeing um, the city. God was about to destroy the city. And Lot was kind of hesitating. And the angels dragged them by the arms in, in, the, in mercy, remember? Um, and, and then we see, where, does the, where do the angels tell Lot to go? Do you guys remember? To the hills, right? Yeah, to the hills, to the mountains. Does Lot want to go to the mountains? Where does Lot want to go? To Zoar, right? Which means little. And so, yeah, isn't it just a little city? <laughs> and so he he doesn't want to leave the city life. And they and they grant him the request, right? They said, "Well, spare Zoar for your sake." Um, and that's kind of where we left off. And so let's, let's pick the story back up. We are in verse 23. Uh, we'll, we'll read through 29 um, first, and then hopefully we'll get further than that today, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, so starting in verse 23, it says, The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the valley. And he looked and behold, the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. So, so it was that when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. And so we finally see the destruction, right? Um, question I have for you, who is the source of this judgment? God, right? Yeah, and so there's a lot of times where we see different things happen throughout this earth, right? Um, I heard this morning that there's actually a hurricane heading towards California, which is very, very rare. <laughs> um, when you hear about those things, do you... Do you automatically go in your head and say, oh, that's from God? Or is that 
No, that's not from God. What do you guys think? It is from God because he controls all things. He controls all things, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is it is a result of the fall, right? Um, and so all these natural disasters that we think about are the result of a fall. Um, this, on the other hand, is a little bit different, though, uh, because there's, at least for Lot and his family, there was warning ahead of time. Um, and this raining down sulfur and fire, that's not typical, right? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> um, and so we do see that this is a very unique situation. Um, but honestly, all nat so-called natural disasters are, are impacts of the fall on God's judgment upon mankind. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, and so, it, you know, it seems random to us. Um, and... In things like, I don't know if you guys remember Katrina way back when, um, you know, there was a lot of people that died. You know, some of those people were probably wicked, wicked people, and some of those people were probably not as wicked as others, right? Um, and yet, the effects of sin, um, it, it affects everybody. But there, there is a distinction here with Sodom and Gomorrah, though, where Sodom and Gomorrah kind of filled their cup up, right, <laughs> with, with their sinfulness. Um, remember the angels, they, they came into the city to discover if the cries that were coming up to them um, were accurate, and they were. Um, and, and so we see God pouring out his judgment upon this city. Um, and it's important for us to know that, that it is God who is the one raining down the fire and the sulfur. In fact, I think it, yeah, verse 24, then the Lord rained down Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. Um, and so this is coming directly from him. And... What time of day did this this fire and sulfur come? Morning. Morning. It's kind of in distinction to when the people of Sodom and Gomorrah acted out their wicked deeds, right? They they waited for the sun to set um, to do their wickedness, and God does things in full daylight. He doesn't need to hide his actions from anyone. Um, and, and so we see God's actions are just in what he does. It's, it's visible to all. Um, and, and what all did God destroy? Yeah, yeah. What, what does sulfur do? 
Do you know how sulfur, when it, when it lights, do you know what color it looks like? Bright yellow. It can burn blue sometimes as well. Um, and so this must have been kind of a unique site, right? It's, 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 it's a raging, raging fire that's, that's coming down upon these people. Um, and, and it destroys everything. And really, it, when, when the sulfur burns up the land there, it's pretty much uninhabitable again. Um, it, it destroys everything. Plants aren't going to grow there again. Um, yeah. Um, and, and so God's judgment's kind of complete, right? It's this complete judgment that, that he puts across the land. Um, and where do uh, and we see that Lot and his family they make it to the city of Zoar right and yet what happens with Lot's wife she turned back around right why why do you think she did that Yeah, yeah. And, and they were warned about this, right? Um, I'm, yeah, verse 17, the, the angels tell them, you know. Um, and as they brought them out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. Um, and, and so they were warned about this, and yet <clears throat> Lot's wife... She, she looks back, and she became a pillar of salt. Now, does that seem harsh? Yes. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, she was fleeing. She just happened to look back. Why do you think such a harsh judgment came upon her? She didn't follow instructions. God told time and time again what to do. And mm-hmm. Even after dragging their feet, being dragged out of the city, you know, they still, you know, she still, still had this impulse to, to look back at it. I, I just think it was yeah. a last straw, you know? Like, yeah. 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 In James, we he, he talks about a person being double-minded. Turn, turn to the book of James. Let's look at James chapter 1. Starting in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, 
with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so we see this double-mindedness has to do with a lack of faith, right? And so what we're seeing with Lot's wife is also a lack of faith. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, She's still trusting in the securities that she had in Sodom and Gomorrah, Um, the securities that she had with the home that they had built there, probably the wealth that they had. Um, And she's not trusting that God's will is is the right will. And, and this is what we see. We, Jesus also talks about this in, in the Gospel of Luke. Um, if you turn to Luke 17. <clears throat> starting in verse 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look there, or look here, do not go out or follow them, for as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, They were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, let no one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. I tell you that in that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding together. One will be taken and the other left. And they said to him, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. And so we see... Jesus talking a lot about judgment here, right? Um, and he, he also references Sodom and Gomorrah um, on the day of the, the Lord's return. It'll be like it'll be like that. People will be going about their everyday business and then suddenly it will happen. Um, But then he says, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will keep it. 
And so she was seeking to preserve her life. Does that make sense? The life that she had built there in Sodom, that's what she was hoping to keep. Um, and in, in that hope, she lost her own life. I don't know, but she, she wasn't trusting in God. She didn't obey the commands, um, and she longed after the things that she left behind. Um, and we see the examples right after this, too, you know, you know that there will be two in one bed, one will be taken, the other left. Two women grinding together, one will be taken, the other left. Um, and so we, we see, you know, it's, if you're going, and even before that, uh, one thing that, that struck me too is, uh, like in verse 31, it says, On that day let the one who was on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. You know, they leave it behind. Um, likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Um, and, and so these are the examples that Jesus gives. You know, don't hold on to the things of this life. Um, there are greater things that we need to hold on to. And so the question I have for you is, do we have a tendency to be, to look back? To be double-minded? Absolutely. All right? How, how so? Fear of the unknown. Aren't there times when God calls us to leave certain things behind? Is that easy? No, right? And just like Lot's wife, we can be double-minded. We can look back and be like, well, I'm not sure if God really wants me to give that up. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a challenge for us. It's a challenge really for for anyone, um, you know, I, <clears throat> I I think of the the story that we're going to read today in Acts. There's there's a challenge before the believers, and we'll get to that later. But um, they're kind of in a in a similar dilemma where God has called Paul to one thing, and they want Paul to do another thing. Um, and it's, there can be, uh, you know, many days where I, I know myself where, you know, God, have, have you really called me to this? How easy would it be for me to just give up this life and go back to the way it was before? Um, or to something that would be easier? But that's not what God calls us to, especially as believers. Um, and, you know, Christ said, you know, if anyone would come after me, they must pick up his cross 
and follow me. Um, and so while the Christian life is filled with lots of blessings, um, there's also a lot of challenges as well, right? Now, the other thing we see here is Abraham's back in the picture, right? Getting back to Genesis 19, what did Abraham do? Where did he go that morning? Yeah, and so when the Lord showed him what he was going to do to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and remember Abraham was pleading, right? Well, what if there's 50 righteous people? Will you spare the city then? What about 45? 40? 30? 25? Went all the way down to 10, remember? Um, So he goes back to that spot um, because he wants to know. Is God really going to do it? And what did he find? Yeah, he did it. Yeah, he did it, right? And so he obviously knows that there weren't 10 people in the city. Um, Does he know anything about Lot and his family? Yeah. So he obviously has a background in his younger days, but mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily. Yeah, he's not sure what if they escape, right? Right. Um, and so he he's looking down. He sees, you know, it says that the smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. And so, what must have been going through his mind? Yeah, it did. Did they escape? Are they gone? You know, he might not know. Um, Why is it good for Abraham to see this? Keeps him in check. Keeps him in check, sure. Shows that God's active and and doesn't tolerate sin. Yeah. There's judgment. There's judgment. Mm-hmm. God's word is true. Yeah, and uh, I, I think too. I, I think back when when he he was with God, and God he he kind of hinted. This is back in Genesis eighteen, verse seventeen. The Lord said, "Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do?" seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And and so it's good for Abraham to see this because he needs to understand the importance of justice, the importance of God's justice, if he is going to be a leader of people. Um, And and so this is good for him to see, uh, even though it's got to be heart-wrenching, right? Yeah. But then verse 29, it does say, you know, so, so it was when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst 
uh, sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. Um, and so God did rescue Lot. I don't know if God revealed that to Abraham or not. Perhaps he did. Uh, but I'm sure when Abraham was first looking down upon those cities, he was worried. Um, and Yeah. Yeah. God will not punish the the just. The righteous with the wicked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 tough. It's it's a kind of another step of faith that Abraham needs to have in God. You know, that God would rescue his his nephew. Um, but that's kind of where we're left. Um Let's read a little further, starting in verse 30. It says, Now Lot went up out of Zoar and lived in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to live in Zoar. <laughs> so he lived in a cave with his two daughters. Let's stop there. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so they go to Zoar, where he begged to go, right? And what does he do? He leaves. And why does he leave? Because it's hard for fire and brimstone to come to the caves. It is hard for fire and brimstone to come down in the caves, isn't it? He's afraid, isn't he? And, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's also what he was told to do in the first place. So, uh, it is, yep. Uh, maybe he's finally coming around and realizing yeah. that he uh, shouldn't hedge his bets like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think Lot's waking up, right? He's realizing city life isn't all it's cracked out to be. Um, and who knows when judgment's going to fall upon this city now, even though it's a little city, Right? Yeah. He already begged that it would be spared. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he's afraid. He he goes up to the caves and takes his two daughters with them. Um, and verse thirty one. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. The next day the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, that we may preserve offspring from our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn 
bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites to this day. And so, what, what are these two daughters? What, why are they doing this? Preserve their family line, right? What are they thinking? They may have that thought, right? We're it, right? Um, and, and so they're they're afraid, just like their father. Um, they want to preserve the family line, um, which is very, very important in the culture of that day. Right? Um, and how, how, do they fo- how do they trick their father? How do they fool him? Become slightly inebriated. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you does this story remind you of any other story we saw in Genesis? What, what are you thinking of? Mm hmm. Okay, you got uh, Hagar with uh, Sarah. They come up with their own plan to, to get an offspring, right, mm-hmm. instead of following God's plan. Um, yeah, any other stories you can think of that this might remind you of? Jacob and Esau, they tricked their father. Jacob and Esau. Yeah, yeah, Jacob tricks his father into giving him the blessing. That'll, we'll see that later on. What about when Noah's family first gets off the ark? You guys remember what happened then? Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And uh, somebody was drunk. Who was drunk? Noah was drunk, right? And uh, Ham walks in on him naked and kind of makes fun of it, tells his brother, oh, come see this. But, but his brothers don't want to bring shame to their father, and so they walk in the room backwards with a blanket and then cover up his nakedness. Um, what happened to Ham, or really what happened to Ham's son <laughs> because of this? You guys remember? His offspring was cursed, right? And, and so Canaan... Um, and where the Canaanites come from, uh, they're cursed people because of Ham's actions. And, and now we see kind of a similar situation. It's a little different, um, but they are tricking their father. They're getting him drunk on wine. Um, and, you know, it probably wasn't easy to get him to drink wine after all that he'd been through, Right. He just lost his wife. He lost everything. The, all of his, probably he probably made some friends in Sodom and Gomorrah. They're all dead. Um, kind of impressive that they even have one. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but this is this is what's going on here and. 
And so they trick, they trick their father, and now we see two more offspring that are going to be thorns in the sides of the Israelites, right? The Moabites and the Ammonites. Um, yeah. And this all kind of stems from the judgment that God brought down upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, before we finish this, I want to go back once again to Abraham looking over, looking down at Sodom and Gomorrah, looking at the smoke that's going up like a furnace. And the verse right after it again, verse 29, so it was when God destroyed the cities of the valley, God remembered Abraham. Think about that. God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had lived. And so why did Lot escape? Why was Lot able to escape? The intercession of Abraham. God remembered Abraham, and thus Lot and his two daughters lived, right? And it gets me to thinking about who are we praying for today? Who are the people that we love that are under the judgment of God that need to know about Jesus that we should be praying for? That they might be rescued from God's judgment? I think that's the challenge for us. Right? Um, uh, there's plenty of people in my family <laughs> that I love dearly who don't know Jesus and that I don't pray for them often enough. Um, I have friends, dear friends, that don't know Jesus and I don't pray for them often enough. And so that's my challenge for you guys is think about who it is that you love that needs to know Jesus and then pray for them. With that being said, let's, let's bow our heads. Father, we do thank you for your word and we, we do thank you just for um, even your judgment, even though <laughs> it sounds horrific. Uh, it is a good thing and it is a just thing. And it is something that we need to remind ourselves for there will come a day when Sodom and Gomorrah will, will look like nothing um, compared to the judgment that is coming. Um, Lord, where there is a lake of fire burning with sulfur prepared for those who prepared for the devil and his followers and, and for those who whose names are not written in the book of life. And so, Lord, I pray that you would produce within us compassionate hearts that we might pray for the ones that we love, that they might know your son, that they might have faith in him, trust in him, and repent of their ways, that they might not have to face that judgment. We know that judgment is real. We know that uh, that judgment is coming soon. Uh, 
but we trust that you are a God capable of saving. And so we, we ask that you would bring salvation to those whom we love. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.